from the 50 midweek edition on the Bruise on the Balcony podcast network. Welcome everybody in to the From the 50 podcast. This is our midweek edition, our second ever edition. Welcome into the show, TJ Weber to my right, virtually across the country on his way to Palm Springs. We have Nick Yale. I'm your host, Zach Zook. Big Web unable to be with us in person, but we have a little treat upcoming from him. Presented by Book It Sports. And boys, how are we doing after week one of football? Tell you what, Zook, I'm pumped up because I had a good week. Uh, Nick had a good week. You had a good week. And Big Web is yeah, a loser. We did Coming not up, have baby. a good week. Did not have a good week. Uh, that's saying <laughs> it Punishment lightly. inbound. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. Inbound. So we'll have that out on Sunday uh, for a recorded show. But that, it's always great when Big Web, who I would say, I don't really know this, I'd say he talks the most shit, or he's the most passionate on his picks. I'd say Nick talks the most shit, but Big Web is not that far behind. Yeah, but yeah. he's also H- the most passionate about... <laughs> and, and when he goes off, like, again, the Falcons. like He was off on the Falcons last week saying they're going to kill... Not kill, uh-huh. but they're going to do well against the Seahawks, and it uh, didn't work out that way. Well, so. he's, got him, he's got him winning that division down there, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Preseason, so... They looked really... Yeah, looked like a division winner on Sunday. <laughs> Good for you, Big Web. We'll see what happens. So, But I think uh, I think it was it was a fun week. Honestly, football's back. I mean, it felt good to sit there. We were at a local establishment, me and Zook and, and Big Web, uh, being able to watch a lot of offensive power, too. A lot of points scored on Sunday. So mm-hmm. a lot of fantasy points for myself. Uh, had the best fantasy week of my entire uh, fantasy career. So really? Did you, win both, did you win your leagues, TJ? Dude, I won two of three. I scored 192 points in my PPR league. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Noah, Noah Fant, 19 wow. points in the first half. I mean, that's wow. the kind of week I had. So so the I Noah Fant thing. Well, What's that, Nick? Yeah. I, w- I won both my leagues. Did you? Congratulations. <laughs> that's great to hear. Well, uh, the, <laughs> Save that. The, uh, <laughs> I, I want to talk about the Noah Fant thing, though, because I was, I think, down like 25, 30 points uh, in our Dynasty League, and I had Noah Fant going. The other guy was done, but he was up by, like I said, like 25 points. And so I didn't even pay much attention. And they start throwing it all over to Noah Fant in the in the first quarter. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just check and see how much he has. I was like seven points down mm-hmm. after he had scored the touchdown. I'm like, holy shit, the, I, I could come back and win. And I don't think they targeted him again no. the rest of the game. No, he had, a, he had an awesome first half, got like 19 points. I saw in the drive summary, I wasn't even watching the game, uh, the later parts of the first half, and he had like a 30-yard catch, then a 25-yard catch. I'm like, Drew Locke, this is this is the best tight end in the league. I mean, he's not yeah. he's never going to be under 20 points. And, of course, he gets shut out mm-hmm. in, in the second half. But, uh, no, it was fun. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, Nick, Drew Locke and the Broncos, how do you feel after that loss last night? He's overrated. <clears throat> overrated. It's a tough L to it's an right. tough L to take for uh, Drew Locke there in Denver. I uh, thought the boys were going to be able to get it done, especially with Gostowski uh, oh missing three field goals. But it was tough to see. And a PAT. They, and they a PAT. They did not finish the job. They'll be back next week. Oh yeah. my God. So Gostowski. so we're not. And a PAT. So we're not hitting the panic button t- on I, the Broncos. I can't tell if TJ's church. Ch- yeah. No. Yeah. I can't tell if TJ's <laughs> chirping me for my audio or versus my hot takes. Both of them. We got yeah, a, we got both. about a four second delay on Nick. So every time he uh-huh. starts cutting me off or Zook, you, you know why. But <laughs> this is it's the bruise on the balcony difference. It's the way uh-huh. it works. So we're gonna fight through it. 
Yeah, Nick on his way to Palm Springs. I'm committed to the program. There he yeah. goes. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there he goes. He's on it. his way to Palm Springs. I mean, he just lives such a tough life. I just don't know how he is able to commit to, to, to Tuesdays when he's got, you know, all this work that he has to do. Well, he goes on vacation every yeah. other day, it seems like. So, like, I mean, he literally goes on vacation every single week. And uh, I, I'm surprised that the CEO doesn't, you know, fire his ass. Because I'm going to be sitting poolside with the martini tomorrow. First thing and I'm Nick does when he gets to Reno is he says, oh, I'm going to Vegas, uh, boss. Sorry. I mean, my, my vacations come first. It's basically my full-time <laughs> job is vacations. And then he says, oh, now I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go to Chicago. Chicago, see some old friends. In the first two weeks in Reno, he went on vacation. So <laughs> Nick is va- the vacation king. I yeah, say. I was going to say, every podcast needs a vacation guy. Nick, you are our vacation guy on yes, this you podcast. Are. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Nick's, <laughs> Nick's internet connection is brutal uh, with a capital B, but we're going to fight through it. Zuka, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Goskowski, or I guess mm-hmm. Nick did. Yeah. Um, I tell you who the biggest hater of, of Stephen Goskowski this past week was Big Web. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll say, you know, we're going to play this rant that he had. Uh, I will say if I went two and five myself, I could see myself also being a little bit upset. Uh, this is a grade A, uh, A-plus for, for Big Web on his rants. He's had a lot of them. Uh, this is one of the top-notch ones, and I'm sure not the last one. The McCarthy comment was my favorite by <laughs> far. So, yeah, roll roll the tape. This is great stuff from Big Web. This, honestly, the content you people come to expect Big Web delivers. Absolutely. Every single time. (laughs) Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Big Web here for From the 50 Midweek Show. Saying hello to the boys out there. I got to tell you, this week, it was my fault right here. I was very forgetful. I forgot that when you're on a 17-yard line, Mike McCarthy, fourth and five, all you got to do is kick a damn field goal to tie the football game. Is 20 to 17. Could have been 20 to 20. I forgot that you're an idiot. What are you doing? 20 to 20, it would have been a lot easier to come back at the end of that football game if you just kicked a damn field goal. What a moron. But hey, that's my fault. I forgot. I forgot that. You know what What else I forgot yesterday? I forgot that this Gaskowski, one of the best kickers in the league last year, can't hit one field goal, two field goals, (laughs) three separate field goals from inside the 30. To cover the football game at two and a half points. I forgot that. And then what does he do? He fucks up the extra point so that later on when he makes one, the motherfucker only wins by two instead of three and we still lose. I forgot that. That's not Goskowski's fault. That's my fault. Fuck that shit. And you know what else? You know what else I forgot? I forgot that Kirk Cousins was still on vacation all summer. And he didn't freaking come out of his hibernation until the second half of the football game and he lets the Packers run up and down the damn field but that's my fault I forgot so just a little anxious moments here for you on from the 50 we'll get them next week but I was very very forgetful this week boys and girls we'll get them next time I'm, I can't wait for the punishment. Oh, we can't wait either, Big Web. We cannot wait either. I mean, just a grade A, just awesome, awesome rant by Big Web. And, uh, you know, you really can't blame him. I mean, you, you did see that game with McCarthy. I mean, it's an easy chip shot field goal to tie the football game up. And whether you're a Cowboys fan, whether you're a Cowboy better, whether you have anybody, the kicker on fantasy, whatever the case may be, it's a dumb move. I mean, some people might go out there and say, you guys might disagree with me and say it was the right move to be aggressive. 
But when you're going to tie a football game like that, I don't know how you can let that happen. You know, so I, I, I get That's big frustration. Move. It is. Absolutely mm-hmm. is. I thought he actually, in the midst of his anger, actually made a really good point that I didn't think about when he blew the PAT, therefore destroying the ability to cover for the Titans when he Crazy. wanted for them later. For sure. Oh, one man, one extra hol- point, man. That's just hilarious irony there. And it's something I did not think about uh, earlier on. So, he, you know, he brought up Kirk Cousins. So let, let's segue to this. Uh, we'll go through, we're not going to do this every week, but early on we don't have a ton of key storylines to talk about in the future we'll highlight you know like the sunday night game the monday night game the the goofs and the gaffes that uh we experience along the way but there's not a whole lot of uh great storyline like every team's kind of interesting and in it still so i thought we could just go down the down the line here and um give our quick thoughts and reactions from sunday's games and the first one on the slate is one big web mentioned the green bay packers and the minnesota oh vikings God, and i believe was nick on the packers winner, too winner. or was i the only one winner, winner. nick no. and i were the I only ones down. on the packers so i, I doubled down on the packers yeah, oh there nick you go as, yeah. as a dog too yeah you and you and nick both so what did you tj see on that game sunday that you weren't expecting to see obviously i mean you and big web had a decent amount of confidence in the vikings nick and i went the other way but uh like are you panicking if you're the Vikings right now? Are you very concerned for next week? Like, how do you view them moving forward? I will say uh, they weren't the biggest disappointment for my picks on Sunday. I'll let you know who that is later on uh, in this program. But I will say Minnesota, I did expect them to come out more. I knew Aaron was going to play a good game. I had a feeling. I thought that the defense would step up late against Rodgers. I thought that they would at least give him some pressure. And I think the one thing is, too, we're so used to fans and the fan interaction and the fact that Minnesota was at home in an NFC North matchup. And, I, you know, you kind of forget the fact that, yeah, it's still at home. They're still at their home base and everything, but there's no fans. It's, it's, it's a different scenario. So not saying they played completely into it, but I think that has something to do with kind of the energy they brought. Um, but usually they play up to, to the Packers. I mean, they usually have really good games. And you also see Kirk Cousins kind of step up, maybe have a down first quarter or down first half. He had a down three quarters. Like, he didn't start playing football until the fourth quarter when it was way too late to cover the game, to win the game, whatever you want from the Minnesota Vikings. So it was a tough pick. I mean, it was not one of my tops. I did put it in my top four picks of the week. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Aaron came to play. And Devontae Adams had the biggest day of any wide receiver for fantasy, which I love because he's on two of my teams. Um, But I don't know. I I just didn't expect Minnesota to lay down like that. And also I expected Kirk to have some struggles, but I expected him to bounce back earlier than he did. And uh, it was just too little too late. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we got to start this as a as a segment or something. Panic or not on the Vikings. So you're not panicking on the Vikings yet. No, I wouldn't say the word panic. I mean, Dalvin ran the ball very well. Um, the offense they missed by just a couple couple instances, and and Thielen really you know came into his own late. The question is, will they be able to have Jefferson step up? Stephon Diggs not there anymore. Mm-hmm. What happens when you get Thielen shut down and Dalvin Cook as well? I don't know what happens with that offense. I don't know what happens with Kirk Cousins. Um, I wouldn't say panic. It's definitely some concern for how their defense played, I'd say. Uh, But again, you're playing Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So 
Um, it doesn't mean that just because you give up, what do you have, four touchdowns in the game, three yep. touchdowns in the game, he, uh, it doesn't mean that you had a, a, you're going to have to be a terrible team all year. It just means you had a bad week. So. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Aaron Rodgers, second highest grade at PFF this past weekend in his career for a single game, and he had the highest grade of any of the NFL quarterbacks uh, this past weekend. Uh, company man, pro football focus. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with nice you. I'm not, I'm not hitting the uh, panic button on the, on the Vikings yet either. I, th- I mean, they got to win it. Indianapolis, I think this week, but uh, yeah, I'm not panicking on them either. Uh, let's move on. I to will Seattle. say real quick, so yeah, sorry to interrupt you, that you did have a lot of passion when you saw those Vikings lose, though. Like you're, you're a diehard oh, yeah. Packers fan, but oh, yeah. you seem to enjoy it a little bit more that it was against the Vikings and not against always, somebody else. Always, if it's if it's against Alan, the Vikings Lazar, or the Bears. Baby. Yeah, if it's Alan against, Lazard. yeah, there you go, Nick. Your guy stepped up and scored a touchdown. By the way, Nick, if stepped you have up. anything, I can't really see you, so you just go ahead and interject and start talking. Oh, if so you like take. What, the way I, Nick usually does on the show. Yeah, perfect. S- same you gotta, as normal. You got You got You got to throw to me. I turned off my camera and uh, so that we could get better, better service out oh, okay. here in the uh, in, in the boonies as we drive through the mountains. Okay. So so just just pitch to me when you, when you want me to talk. But since we're on a delay, I'll let you guys kind of roll roll with it but yeah i mean i mean all over the packers Zook and i just killed that i mean you don't rogers week one defense there's no fucking defense in that game hopefully you bet the over all right nick here i'll throw it to you here what do you think of seattle at atlanta uh i i think i we're, we're all three of you guys pretty hot on atlanta going into the season no. I, I can't remember if nick was no, no, i know big web nope, was the highest nope. on them so what do no, we nope, uh nope, nope. what do we think of that game i i tell you what you it, it, the most Atlanta stat is that each of the three Atlanta receivers had eight catches for over 100 yards, and they lose the ball game. I mean, watching that game was just laugh out loud because Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and their new addition on tight end Greg Olson all fucking just shredded the Atlanta defense. And sure, Matt Ryan had a good game passing, uh, moving the ball around, but I mean – Seattle is just a more experienced team. And, you know, when it comes down to it, I think the lack of preparation without any preseason really came to fruition when in in that game, really on both sides of the ball for defensively for both teams, because it was more of a, more of an offensive affair. But uh, yeah, I I was not surprised to see Atlanta lose there. I'm, I'm not on Atlanta at all this year, especially in that division with New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans is likely going to take that division. Matt Ryan threw the ball 54 times on Sunday. They do that yeah. all the time. 54 times. So people go, oh my God, he threw for 450. Dude, he was 37 to 54. So if you let me throw the ball 54 yeah. times, I'll get 450 yeah, yards there, in the year. I mean, him and uh, Kirk, to a degree, had a lot of meaningless passing stats on Sunday. Sure. And, and I've done the Falcons games a couple times for Pro Football Focus, like some like some different some different processes. And that's one thing I noticed about like they have over 50 passing attempts mm-hmm. every damn. Sunday but uh yeah I mean I just uh I Seattle's letting Russ cook you remember that was trending a little while ago so here's a little nugget for you I saw this on on the old twitter.com um Seattle obviously run first run heavy offense as we know well in week one their neutral situation pass rate so it's kind of more of an advanced stat but basically it means in a situation where uh, the down and distance doesn't dictate whether you're going to run the football or pass the football. You pretty much have your choice of what you're going to do. Seattle uh, was the second highest in neutral situation pass rate on Sunday, almost 
percent. Wow. They were wow, uh, wow. they were they were trailing only the Eagles, who gave up twenty seven unanswered points to Washington, who obviously were then forced to throw the ball a ton because they were trailing by ten points. So the Seattle Seahawks let Russ run the offense and let the offense go through him, which is not something that Daryl Bevel and that organization has really done at all throughout his career. So if they're gonna plan on making that a weekly thing, whew, watch out. He could be fantasy gold. Go ahead, Nick. I thought you had to take. Nick. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't have anything to say. Oh, I, thought, no, I pretty much finished. Okay. I pretty much finished what I was saying. Gotcha. I thought you spoke up. So yeah, I mean, they look great. I love Seattle. I absolutely love Seattle this year because of all the weapons they have on offense. If if Russell can do his thing, if they let him just play, and there's so many people on that offense that can just have huge years. I mean, Chris Carson only ran the ball six times. On, on Sunday, but he didn't have to because he had the two receiving touchdowns. He was a good threat out of the backfield. Carlos Hyde had a touchdown as well, seven carries for 23 yards. Sucks for fantasy value. I have Chris Carson, who had a big week last week. Now Pete Carroll saying he might split carries with Carlos Hyde, which sucks. But, I mean, it, that's telling you right there they have so many options on offense. DK Metcalf's going to become one of the top receivers in the game. He's so good. If not already, in a couple years, be top five in my opinion. He's got the speed, he's got the height, he's got the hands, he's got the physicality, and then you have a guy in, in that offense with Tyler Lockett that's just a go-to slot guy that goes underneath, has the speed, can have breakaway big, big play opportunities too. You throw that all in with the fact that you have a mobile quarterback, possibly a top, probably top three, I'd call Russ, as a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, oh, totally. So... That offense is just so good, and it's so hard to stop them. So, yeah, you kind of go and say Atlanta's defense sucks. And to me, I think any game with Atlanta this year, especially with Matt Ryan throwing the ball 57 times in a game, it's going to be over City in so many of those games. Like, look at the overs Uh, all fucking day. Uh, But Seattle is the real deal. Yeah, great point. Um, Let's move on to Cleveland and Baltimore, and I'll give my kind of take on this game first because I was probably the most disappointed out of anybody at this table that – Cleveland really was not competitive at all in this game. Of the no Sunday way. performances, as disappointing oh, as Minnesota shit. was for Big Web, as disappointing as the Lions blowing that game <laughs> was, um, as disappointing as Philly was, I think the Cleveland Browns topped them all. I mean, they scored six points. They lose the game 38-6. to I don't really have much of a take on Baltimore. Like, they're good. Shocker. Uh, my takeaway more was... The Cleveland Browns, I thought, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be a wild card team this year. And a lot of that was founded on the belief that I thought, I think Baker was better than he showed last year because Freddie Kitchens is a complete buffoon. And Kevin Stefanski, who I happen to respect and think a little bit more of, is now running the offense. Baker looked terrible yesterday. He did. He, he was really he did. was complete garbage. They now have the report today that they're shopping Odell Beckham. It, it you see, feels he broke like that, that, that story. It feels like the yeah Mike Francesa. <laughs> Mike Francesa, unbelievable. Yeah, so I don't I don't know how all that accurate that is. It's about as accurate as the <laughs> shit on the chest story from a couple days before. You gotta love so. the internet, man. Yeah, internet Dang. remains undefeated. Oh yeah, that, yeah. I, I I didn't get to watch a ton of that game. We were focused on a lot of other things, but Cleveland just I mean this is they're they're a weird team. Because there was so much hype with them last year when they got Odell. And now Odell is being downgraded and saying that, you know, people want him traded. And I don't know if he's the same guy he was in New York. 
But they they do have a lot of options now where you don't really have any more excuses. You know, you have Kareem Hunt stepping in to help out Nick Chubb. You have Jarvis Landry, who is, I think, one of the best number two receivers in the league right now. You get Austin Hooper, who was a top tight end last season. Odell, so Odell who, who got outperformed by Njoku. Yeah, Njoku, who, by the way, talking to a guy that's drafted Njoku the last two years, didn't do yeah. shit for me, finally scored some TDs. Then ends up what on IR. Dick. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, Baker has no excuses uh i don't know how good his offensive line is i mean seeing that he had some time he just threw some bad passes you know this is weird i mean the browns are in a situation where they're gonna have to figure out within the first three or four weeks what kind of team they're gonna be and you want my hot take right now if they don't make the playoffs this year or at least get up to eight and eight nine and seven i think baker's gone as far as they're not they're not making the playoffs Okay, well, he I don't know if he's going to be a starting quarterback for the Browns next year. I don't know how you can. No. Giving the guy plenty of time, I, you know? He's I, out here making too many commercials with Progressive <laughs> and Hulu and not reading the damn playbook. Did I you guys mean, come see on. those got, memes, though, with, with him and saying Baker Mayfield, it looks like this Baker Mayfield, and it was the Hulu guy that had their really skinny <laughs> arms and, like, had a gut. It's yeah, pretty funny. Yeah. With the, uh, with the head on him. I mean, that's what you're spending your quarantine doing instead of reading the playbook. You got an all-pro offense. Two arguably number one running backs in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, and then David Njoku, granted he's on the IR now, and two all-pro wide receivers in Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Like, figure it out. Like, the, the defense has Denzel Ward, Olivier Vernon, and Miles Garrett, so there's no excuse there. And all you can do is put up six measly points. You can't You can't do more than that? Come on, And man. again, I would Baker's say – gonna be. I, I, I agree. Baker's going to be off – He's not going to be a starting quarterback next year if he can't figure it out. We do have to say, though, I mean, these are overreactions. You're talking about one week. You're talking about <laughs> preseason. But th- this is what's fun and about talking football. This is what's mm-hmm. – it 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 you're right, Nick, and it is the Ravens, and they're, they're no slouch. I mean, let me tell you something. The first take I had of the year, I said Lamar will be good, but he's not going to be the same as last year. Fuck, man, he might be better than last he year the way be. he played on Sunday. He might be. Yeah. Yeah, well, we talk about the panic button with the Vikings. I'm lightly pressing the panic button for the Browns. Already? Just lightly. Just lightly. I mean, it is the Ravens, but but it is – I mean, Nick's right. It's troublesome the way Baker looked. The only thing is – I'll push back against the notion that I think he won't be the starter next year, only because – how do they get him out of there? Because I think with his contract situation, it's going to be like a Mitch Trubisky thing where they'll have to at least go into next year with him if they bring another guy in to compete with him or whatever. But uh, I think the the hope has got to be just that it's, you know, he turns it around. Yeah. Ravens defense is suffocating. But it's like, you're right, Nick. I mean, he's got he's got playmakers all over the place. They remade the offensive line, too. They signed uh, Jack Conklin from the Titans to play right tackle. They drafted Jedrick Wills in the first round. They had a decent old line last season. That's uh, it falls on him at this point because they've done everything they can to help this guy out. And Kevin Stefanski has a track record of successful offense. He led Kirk Cousins to his best statistical season in his career last year on a team that was similarly built with two effective wide receivers and Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. It's just, it's got to be better, man. That's why I thought they'd be a wild card team. I didn't think they had enough to catch Baltimore, but I do think that they're a more talented team than Pittsburgh, which after Monday oh night, God. boy, I don't I don't know if that's the case. Big uh, Ben looked awful. In the so so we'll oh. see. Not great. God, he so, looks like he's seventy years old. It's crazy. <laughs> so, so we'll get to we'll get to Big Ben, but for now, let's jump to the two New York franchises: Jets and Buffalo. I don't have much takeaway in terms of the teams. Ooh. Jets stink. Bills are good. Jets suck. But, They're terrible. Uh, I want to talk about the quarterbacks a little bit. I'm interested to hear your guys' take. I was a Darnold and Rosen guy when they were coming out of college. Obviously, Rosen hasn't worked out, so I was wrong there. Uh, I 
I remember the distinct moment I was out on Darnold was a Monday night game last year, and I came on the podcast and told you, I, I I've had enough. I'm yeah. done. Yeah, and I'm not going back. And he hasn't shown me one bit of proof to make me doubt that i don't understand how sam darnold has held up as this franchise guy and everybody just shits all over josh allen i don't get it which like i I understand like josh allen's misses are embarrassing but josh allen has already taken the bills to the playoffs he's done some things and again jets stink jets suck adam gase is bad but i i don't get why yeah i mean allen's better than darnold yeah and I do feel bad for Sam because Le'Veon Bell gets hurt now. The Jets are a terrible franchise. I mean, they they don't have good leadership. They they have Adam Gase who just makes stupid ass decisions. So I almost feel bad. I don't think Sam's a bad quarterback. I don't think anybody that gets I don't, drafted I don't top think he's ten that good. is a bad quarterback. But listen, okay, you put Blaine Gabbert, who was a stud at Mizzou yeah. in the Jacksonville Jaguars offense when they sucked. What are you gonna do? I mean, sometimes you just get the shit out of the stick, and you might be the best athletic quarterback. You can't do anything about the yeah, situation right. you're in. And I think Josh. Rosen's a perfect example of that. Oh, uh, for sure. Going to the Cardinals in that situation, he's one and done. They draft Kyler. He gets like kind of like a half, half-ass a chance down in Miami. Then they draft Tua, and all of a sudden, guys basically out of the league. But now like, he's a third stringer. Where? But, but I don't think that Sam Darnold's elevating anything. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. That's it. Yeah. 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 yeah Sam. I mean. I don't understand. Like I've gone from the point of I would not have drafted Josh Allen with a ten foot pole, and I, I was very public. No way. Yo, you were off. No you went off was, on Josh I, Allen. I was public yeah. about that. You hated like, Josh Allen. His statistics, his accuracy issues, and it's happened in the NFL. But he's also been a lot better than I thought he was going to be. I'm not to the yeah, point he, though where Allen's better than Darnold. I would take Allen over he Darnold still any led day. Him to a win, like he still led him to a win on Sunday, and yeah, he missed a bad, yeah, wide open. Uh, wide open touchdown in the end zone and fumble the ball a couple times and, and could like if he can hang on to the ball when he when he rushes, then that's something that, you know, he can be a good quarterback if he can work on it. You know, he added they added Zach Moss in the backfield with Devin Singletary. They have some weapons there. In in New York in the Jets organization, they didn't give him any weapons. And the I guy mean, that went after is, is hurt leaving. now. Bell's gone. I mean, yeah. he's going to be out yeah. for maybe the whole season, they right. said, like a long, long time. So, yeah, with the hamstring thing. It's so yeah, weird Hamstrings are so bad. And especially when it's your top running back, I mean, they are going to. By the way, pick up Frank Gore in, uh, in your fantasy leagues. Yeah, I put a claim in for him in, uh, in, my, in the one with my dad because I am just – we don't even have to get into that right now. <laughs> uh, I did win, but – Wait, it's it's coming at a cost right now. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. No. Guys are dropping like flies. Always does. So uh, let's move on. Las Vegas. Real at, quick, real quick. I yeah, do want to say because you were talking about both New York quarterbacks. I think Daniel Jones had a great game. I think he looked good. Yeah. I think he he was poised and you yeah. Know, the third New York quarterback that we didn't talk about. <laughs> right, right. Well, the, I was just I was sitting there thinking. I mean, this guy honestly. See, that's what I thought when you met New York quarterbacks. My bad. I thought you were moving to the. No, Giants, no, that's okay. So. I was talking. I was talking Jets, Buffalo. But let's. Why don't we just? We were talking about Big Ben. Let's just do the the first Monday night game now. Okay. Let's skip to that. Uh, Big Ben, atrocious. Steelers defense, amazing. Oh my god. Still able to pull it out, but. I wasn't really buying into the hype with the Giants offense, but to your point, TJ, Daniel Jones looked pretty good. He did look pretty good, you know, and I was impressed because he had to be good to stay in that game because they were all over Saquon. I mean, literally, uh, Dupree, the entire... nine yards. Yeah, like Bud Dupree was all over him all game, and that just shows you how good the, the defense is for the Steelers, but also how tough that Giants line is. And they were saying it, too. I was listening to the game. I was mowing the grass. I had to get stuff done, Nick. I'm a, I'm a married guy. So I'm listening to Ian Eagle. Um, I'm on vacation. On Westwood One. And, and, you know, obviously they're talking about how good 
he looked. And then I got to watch the rest of the game, the rest of the, the second, third, and fourth quarters. And he did look good. I mean, he had some some plays, too, in the third quarter. I don't know if you guys watched the whole game. But he, he escaped and made some first downs happen when it was like third and four, where it was a broken play. He rolled out right. Saquon was supposed to go five yards up and out to the right, and it was a little play-action pass. Saquon goes the exact opposite way. He's got six Steelers coming at him, and he throws a little fade left and gets him. I mean, his poise was was really, really impressive. So, I mean, again, he's on a Giants team that you don't really know anything about him. They played the Steelers, a great defense, and he impressed a little bit. I don't know what the Giants are going to do this year. They're kind of a, a toss-up. Um, but I thought he looked good. I did. I, th- I was pretty impressed uh, with the way he ran the ball. So maybe Davey, maybe I'm a little too hard on old Davey G out there in New York, huh? Because I crushed him for that draft pick. I thought it was so stupid. And, it, and again, I think a lot of people did. I think a lot of Giants fans did too. But, you know, the guy hasn't put up. You're not going to be Eli. I mean, Eli is a two-time Super Bowl winner. They, they love Eli Manning. So if you're the guy that follows Eli Manning, you're going to be fucking hated right away anyway. So yeah. I think he's shown a lot of promise. I don't think they have a, a winning team around them. I think their defense is going to suck. Uh, but you got a great, you got a great running back, a decent quarterback. I don't know what's going to happen. I just think Daniel Jones is better than people think he is. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That's where I was going with it. Like, regard, I still don't think he's probably ever going to be a top ten quarterback. Probably maybe, not. Maybe gets borderline, but uh, it it's at least justified the pick now because you're right. He has shown some promise. He look, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Right. And and that was something like I thought he was just going to be a disaster. I did not think he was going to be a very good NFL quarterback. I didn't think he warranted a first round pick at all. So uh, let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders and the Carolina Panthers. Boy, the Raiders kind of had to sweat this one, but they did get it done 34-30. to TJ was shaking. Oh, my yeah, God, T- man. TJ, you had uh, the Raiders locked. You felt pretty good about them. How are you feeling about them after this one? Is it? See, I think it's a little bit of both. I think the Panthers are maybe a little bit better than I give them credit for. I think maybe I was a little too high on the Raiders, too, now after week one. I think the Raiders showed exactly what I wanted to on offense. I mean, Josh Jacobs is better than I thought he'd be in week one. Derek Carr has some work to do, but Henry Ruggs was one of his top targets. He looked over there consistently. They look good. The offense looked great. Uh, I think it's more Carolina is impressing us more than the Raiders' defense is shitty. Uh, Touchdown, Teddy. Touchdown, Teddy. McCaffrey did his thing. If you want my little preview pick for Sunday, we pick all the games on Sunday, but I love Panthers plus 9.5 against Tampa. We'll talk about that one too, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, but that number, I think that you know, in the division game especially, the Panthers, they look, they look pretty good. I, I will say I watched that game closely with – Vegas being my lock, and uh, I was seeing if it was the Raiders sucking more than it was the Panthers moving the ball. Panthers got some game. They're all right. They absolutely do, and they got some playmakers too. I I was really interested to see – the how the coaching staff looked and they could they didn't look like they were in over their head mm-hmm. matt rule joe brady uh with, with teddy and new quarterback new system new ownership you know it's really a new era down there in carolina so i thought that they yeah they represented themselves well in a loss down there the one worry i have with the with the raiders i guess is their defense i think their defense Boy, I, I just don't know. When I look at the cross at the personnel, I just man, when you start facing some some offenses that are not the Carolina Panthers, that are not quarterbacked by Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. when you start facing Mahomes or even that Denver offense with Drew Locke, for example, how are they going to give up less than thirty points a game? No, I just, you're right. I just don't see it. They so. didn't. They didn't look good by any means, but I would say the Panthers made more more plays than I think people will give them credit for because they'll blame it on absolutely Vegas's defense. But uh, 
that's an interesting game this week too with with New Orleans because it's the first game in the new stadium in Vegas too, and obviously no fans, I believe, but it'll still be cool to to have them play. So I'm actually intrigued. I think that's where you're going to find out a lot about this Raiders team yeah. when they play a, like you're saying a quarterback like Drew Brees mm-hmm. how will they uh, you know go against him so. I'm excited to see that new stadium Raiders. on TV also oh yeah it's beautiful but Raiders might be a home dog in that game with uh, Michael oh they're gonna Thomas be out. it's five and a half might, right now might be, might be some good action there with Michael Thomas out yeah they're gonna be I mean and if the line moves towards the Raiders favor that's just all the better for me because sure. I'm not picking yeah. I'm not picking Vegas but all right let's go to the this was an interesting game Chicago at Detroit Nick Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I don't know what your game-watching situation was like on Sunday, but I take it you were able to watch some of the game. Yeah, I I was able to watch all the games. I have have Red Zone, and then we had another TV with with random games on. So I saw the Packers and the Vikings game, and I saw all the Bengals and the Chargers game. And uh, and so we were flip-flopping back and forth between the games. But the Bears, I mean, boy, did Trubisky look like absolute dog shit in the first half. He could not find a target to save his life. Uh, it just looked pitiful. And even uh, Detroit didn't look much better, but Detroit was pretty much running that game for the entire enti- the entire game until DeAndre Swift missed, missed that wide-open touchdown right there at the end, and the Bears squeak away with a win. But, I mean, overall, I was not impressed with both the Bears' offense. It'll, you know, that, that comes back to that lack of practice time, and, and this got to be the year for Trubisky. If, it, if he ain't it this year, they're going in a different direction. And so credit to him. He did get the job done late scored a couple late touchdowns and, and won the ball game. But uh, I think this is more of a, a disappointing game on Detroit's end than it was on One Chicago's end. 1,000%. 1,000%. If you're DeAndre Swift, I mean, you have to you have to catch that ball. And if you're the Lions, you got to be able to close out that game and not let Trubisky score a couple of touchdowns late. So that's on the, on the Lions' secondary more than anything. And on, more importantly, on the rookie, DeAndre Swift, not catching the wide-open touchdowns. Forget about the drop pass. I, I hate when people say anything about the drop pass, like the the experts right now, because it has nothing to do with it. The Lions had that game in the fucking bag. 23-6. Let Mitch Trubisky march down the field. Oh, fuck them. I was so mad. Again, I was I always focus in on my fantasy stuff, and then the Lions are kind of secondary. But then when I get back home and I get to actually watch some of the highlights and see what happened, oh, my God, I was upset, man. It was just like, again, I'm not a diehard. I like the Lions. I like my fantasy team and my picks more. But it was it's just unbelievable when you see – the Bears, again, no, don't buy into the Bears. The Bears are going to suck. They're not going to be that good. They they came back. Mitch is not back. I, was, I saw Barstool Carl. I saw all these fucking Chicago fans <laughs> going off on Twitter. Let me tell you something. He's not back. They're not going to be a good team. Just everybody relax. Detroit's also Chicago a bad team. Fans, like, congratulations. You beat the Lions. Bitching. We suck at football. We always they lose. Were, <laughs> they were bitching that first half of that entire game. Bitch, bitch, bitch. And all of a sudden, they switch. Bitching about Mitch. And then they switch gears, and oh man, the Bears are back! Literally before I got out of the bathroom, I was about to leave. It was it was like the fourth quarter. I was gonna go watch the rest of the game at home, and this Bears fan, drunk in the in the uh, bathroom, goes, "Oh man, I'm just gonna just get drunk. Fuck the Bears, they suck!" And all of a sudden, we hear him yelling like, "Oh, we love the Bears. We do they come back? Like you guys are the worst, man. God, I hate Bandwagon Chicago fans. Not not White Sox, look, sorry, not White Sox. Hey, I also hate the Bears. So. Cubs, Bears." And uh, Blackhawks for sure. Yeah, I just wanted to give you the. I don't have any takes about this game. I just want to give you the floor. Like, like that's just they. They seem it's it's something about that team and yeah. that franchise. Like they do this shit 
all the time. It's not just losing. It's Matt Patricia. It's not again. just it's not just losing just, because the Jags lose. Yeah. Because the Browns Is Matt Patricia lose. On the hot seat? There's other jokers in the NFL, but the but the Lions, the way they the way they lose. It just irks me. It's just like I don't I don't understand. There's no other franchise in sports uh, that loses the way the Lions do. I can't imagine a Lions fan that's like that's from Detroit. That's been a fan since they were like two. Again, I started liking them, uh, I would say, I don't know, like eight years ago when Calvin was there. And it was, I still, I enjoy them. I'd say I'm a fan, but I can't imagine how those, those real diehard, since I was two years old, born and raised in Detroit on Lions football. Let me tell you something. This team, I feel bad for Matthew Stafford. I've said that multiple times. The guy plays his ass off. And I mean, the defense just sucked. Everything just sucked. You just give up late games. You cannot allow that to you happen. You put Matt Stafford on any other any other NFL team, and they probably could have a good chance of winning the Super Bowl. Trust me, like, no. Oh, I know. It's, they, they outscored the Bears 23-6 to in the first three quarters, and they gave up 21 unanswered points in the fourth. 21 unanswered points in the fourth. And they still had a chance to win. They still had a chance <laughs> to win, and you dropped the pass. Ugh. Well, you, talk, you talk about like the diehard Lions fans. Do you know Detroit Don and Superfan? Oh, yeah. The guys uh, that they, I think a uh, big cat interacts with them a little bit. Like they he, made he the had one... a video. He was out there uh, a few years ago, I think. <laughs> they made like the one depressing video years ago. I, I was trying to pull it up, but I can't find it. They made like the one depressing, you know, video a year ago where they're like, we're done. We're not standing for this anymore. You have to fire the, you have to fire the GM, fire the coach. <sighs> and it's just this year after year year of that stuff i remember we went through the jim schwartz era and then you get jim caldwell who was, was fine i was excited about it and then now you got matt patricia who i was really pumped up i said all right you got offense you need defense and and then here you are he's just he's a terrible terrible fourth quarter coach he just can't get the job done i mean when you're leading the game by that many points and you cannot get the job done you give up 21 points to mitch fucking trubisky just, just hang it up. I mean, the game, the the season's over for them. For 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 Patricia, I just the, the season's I, full, full over. Full if I was, a, G, if I was a GM, I would fire his ass right now. I full mean, panic button for the Lions. Over in week one. Yeah, I hit. Done. Yes, I'm hitting the full panic button yeah. right now for the Lions. Absolutely. After that, after that thing, <laughs> I agree absolutely. with you. I agree with you, and I agree with your take on Patricia and Quinn too. Those guys got a reprieve they didn't quite deserve so let's go to jacksonville they're jagging off in jacksonville oh my god 27 man. to 20 they uh take down the colts and hayden landgraf is oh, giving double middle fingers to everybody so in he the dm'd studio. us already he dm'd us on twitter and this is the thing guys like we yeah, we don't yeah. we don't bullshit about what we want on the show we want like 10 or 20 hayden longgrafs we want you to give your picks we want you to talk shit to us and like Again, we made fun of Hayden. He goes, my top picks of the week are Jacksonville and Cincinnati plus three and a half. I'm yeah. like, got them both. Dark. Fuck. And, Minchu, and they both Minchu hit. Minshew mania in Jacksonville. I tell you what, Gardner Minshew looked fucking incredible. And as soon as I split my allegiance to the Denver Yeah, I was going to say, you don't get to be a Jacks fan anymore. Gardner, Gardner Minshew just goes off. Goes like 23 for 25, 25 and like three touchdowns against the Colts who – should have won that game outright. Here's the sad thing. So story time. I had, story time. That was I'm Nick's a, lock, by the way, was Indy. Go ahead. That was that was my lock. I'll wear that. Uh, all I need them to do. Well, and I if I ate two, eight, I locked him in at. That was that was pathetic. That's not good. Um, but uh, I was in a survivor league, a fifty dollars survivor league of like fifteen people. There are now three left because twelve people took the Colts. Ooh. This is to win straight wow. up. This is money line, not not against the spread, right? Mind you. And so Survivor League is just 
basically dead. There's three people left that they're going fucking crazy. I'm sure wow. that they have a chance of winning like, you know, 700 bucks. So you're out on your fucking- survivor league too, Nick. Yeah. $50 down the drain. So am I, I'm out too. Cause I, I picked took the Pats. fucking Philly. I picked the Pats. I'm still in. Oh, you took Philly. Took God, Philly. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was another brutal game. You I want mean, to talk about pissing had- me off. Oh God! You should have seen Zook watch me watch the fucking Eagles. <laughs> let's let's talk, about, let's talk about let's talk about Philly Washington then. I want to hear your guys' takes on I, this. I, so so I had Philly in a parlay, and oh. Alexis. Uh, Alexis. luckily Alexis talking. Sorry, I, I Nick. The, 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 the Cincinnati, I don't think the game. I don't think the Cincinnati game fucked me in the parlay. I think it was Washington, and because yeah, because I had Patriots minus seven that covered. So it was it was Washington and, and another team. Both fucked me in a parlay, and uh, hate to see it. And, and yeah, I mean, you, you get out to a 17-0 lead there with Carson Wentz, and the Eagles' offensive offensive line just cannot hold up Chase Young. Oh I mean, Chase God. Young maybe single-handedly won that game for Washington. They had like what nine sacks? I know, I know, I, yeah, I know he was Haskins good. had to do his thing, but Chase Young probably single-handedly won that game for Redskins defense might be actually good this year like I know it's I know it's Philly and they kind of just do this shit every week but Redskins defense might actually they're not gonna be like top 10 but they might they might be decent they're not gonna be a joke they're not 17 to nothing lead and again Ertz was nowhere to be found 24 unanswered I mean 31 unanswered they had 27 unanswered unbelievable (laughs) so Nick there was an Eagles fan up where we were watching the game he almost got in a fight with an older uh, that was, was hilarious. 49ers fans. Look, yeah. you tell it. I, I don't remember. No, that all right. So here's what happened. The, we got he's in a Wentz jersey, right? So he uh, was just kind of hanging out watching the game, and obviously as they're kind of blowing this league he's, lead, he's getting kind of pissed. Guy comes in for the three o'clock games wearing a uh, Cincinnati Bengals jersey. And he starts kind of talk. He sees the final score. And he just starts kind of talking shit to the Eagles fan, and so. You know, the Eagles guy, which, like, to his defense, I would have used the same argument. Bro, you're wearing a fucking Bengals jersey. Like, you don't get to talk to me. Yeah, at least the Eagles have won a Super Bowl. Yeah, like, we we won the Super Bowl a couple years. You don't get to talk any amount of shit to me when you're a fucking Bengals fan. And that's pretty much what he said to the guy. And then this is just the most hilarious, classic, just meathead football (laughs) response. He goes... Well, uh, that doesn't bother me because I'm a 49ers fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, then why the fuck are you wearing a Bengals jersey to a bar? Well, it was no, like it was his C- buddy. His buddy had a 49ers jersey to the right. So oh, that's that right? the thing. Okay. That, the- he had like a CJ Uzama jersey. Yeah. It was like somebody I've never so heard the, of on the Bengals. Actually, the Cincinnati guy, from what, I can, from what I was understanding, was he didn't have anything to do with the fight. It was the 49ers guy, but the, the Cincinnati guy gets shrapnel for no reason, poor oh, guy. Oh, so, he, so goes, he wasn't talking oh, shit at all? Oh, you're a Bengals fan. The Bengals guy's like, I, I, I didn't say anything bro like sorry about that <laughs> then the Niners guy he so was so, the Niners guy that was talking shit oh yeah he was chirping oh, okay. big time I thought this was gonna be fist so yeah it. so he just totally got caught in the crossfire poor Bengals guy just trying to sit there and watch just, his, just his watch his CJ, just, just want to watch CJ Uzama I mean, yeah go two for 23 on the day and watch the Bengals lose by hopefully less than 10 yeah and he's just getting fucking bitched at <laughs> I mean it was hilarious because Nick this Philly fan looked like a like I don't know, Chris Long lookalike. He was like he had the he really kind of did. Tats, yeah, but he was like Chris Long. If Chris Long never played football, but like was a really good varsity player in high school, but then like peaked in high school. This yeah. was this Eagles middle-aged guy. St. Louis Chris Long. Yes, is who we saw. Yes. So did he and, have a Letterman jacket on? 
No, no, but he had Carson Wentz jersey, West jersey, and it was yeah, he was very well. entertaining. I will say, I I do enjoy watching those fans. He's passionate, but uh, he he tried it's to get great into to it people with a watch man. at these places. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Man, it's incredible. So let's move on. Miami and New England. New England wins twenty one to eleven. The story here, I mean, I everybody expected New England to win, right? The yeah. story is how they looked at doing it with Cam, two touchdowns on the ground. I feel like uh, the the. Uh, the goalpost just moved significantly on New England. It was like, well, maybe they'll finish eight and eight. Maybe they make a playoff spot. Now everybody just expects them to win 11, 12 games. I was like, well, that was quick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, what was awesome to see Cam ran the ball a ton. Belichick right away started using Cam as as the workhorse he is. He's just the best. Which is how he has to play to be oh. effective. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. But clearly. If you try to play the guy as a pocket passer, he's not going to be very good. Right. I loved it. I mean, I think Cam played well. They still have a lot of things they're going to figure out on offense. They were definitely not as uh, uniform as they usually are with Tom Brady. But I think you can see the upside. I mean, the defense still played really well. Granted, it is Miami. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, literally a couple interceptions just directly to the defense. Like, me and Dad and Zook were saying, we may see Tua in this game by the end of the, by the, end of the third quarter. Uh, but didn't happen. So, it is, it is Miami. Take that with a grain of salt. Um, so I think they look good. I think the Patriots uh, will be okay. I don't think they're going to go over – I'm going to say 10 wins is their max. I don't think they're going to be a 12-win team like they were with Brady. Uh, I did see some some issues. I saw Cam at uncomfortable at times. Um, but I would say I'd, I'd say they're a 9-win team. I think a 9-7 and seven team. I think the Bills are going to dominate that division, in my opinion, and uh, the Patriots will be good. But I don't, I don't know. Some, there's something about them I still don't love. Yeah, they don't. They don't have the. They lack the firepower to me. That they like. They just don't have the horses or the yeah, personnel. Yeah, they don't have the weapons. Right. They, they do not have the personnel. They're winning on coaching, and I, and I got them at ten and six. You get to play the Jets and uh, the Dolphins four out of the sixteen games. That's I mean, true. I mean that yeah. helps, and and for whatever reason, Buffalo still should win that division, but they struggle with New England, and they got to slay the dragon, all that sort of thing. So, uh, and Bill King game plan for Josh, but I, I I'm with you. I think um, uh, the the Pats are. Again, like I don't know if they're Super Bowl contenders just because I just don't think their personnel is that good. Mm-hmm. But they can certainly get to the playoffs with Cam. Like if Cam plays sixteen games, they're making the playoffs. Set it and forget it. Really? Yeah. Is, is that your hot take? If Cam plays sixteen games, they'll make the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. With, with an extra wild card spot, yeah, one hundred percent. With okay. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels calling the shots. I can't imagine they don't get a wild card with their schedule. Like all the things that they do have some things working in their favor. Yeah, they have a good defense, and I mean, Cam probably needs another weapon there, a wide receiver, but you have Nikhil Harry coming back, who was a rookie last year, now in year two, and I think he's going to be a little bit more explosive than uh, people were expecting, because they didn't really get to watch him play at all last year when he was injured, and so and you still also saw Julian Edelman there, but really, so it's right, it's all about game planning, and having the options that you can, you have options now with Cam that you've never had with Tom Brady, like running the ball, on his first touchdown, running the ball there into the end zone, you, Tom Brady can't make that play. Cam can. So now we're, we're going to see kind of a different, a similar offense, but with new wrinkles in it that teams are going to have to prepare for. I, I think they could easily win win 10 games in that, in that division when, when you have the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins. Yeah, for sure. It was a fun week one. I mean, I will say, because I think we have opinions on teams that we saw play, but I think there's still a lot of question marks. And also, we could see a completely different team in week two. I think that's what's so great. Mm -hmm. And also, by the way, I heard somebody talking about this on a local radio show. I think the NFL is now officially going to say no more preseason. Because, I mean, how great 
is it to see i mean yes it's different for for betters and for fans not to see the team in action especially like with a rookie quarterback um but at the same time i think if you add more regular season games and the nfl still gets that that tv revenue i don't think the preseason is necessary so this may be kind of the same way the mlb we may we may see the dh yes yeah, never, both going, leagues, away. never yeah. going away it might be the same thing with preseason which yeah. i would be in favor for yeah no interesting perspective uh we move into the three o'clock hour only three three o'clock games which i thought was a little tiny bit weird i didn't watch a single play of this Bengals chargers game God, you i watched much i watched the 10 yeah, minute uh condensed great. game on youtube before i went to bed on sunday night and my only takeaway is Joe Burrow's pretty good. He did. He he performed well. Um, again, it's all about A.J. Green. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? Because you could tell Joe loves throwing A.J. Green. He didn't get to Tyler Boyd until the second half, which surprised me. That was um, like the report in camp, too, that he loved, loved, loved Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd. And, and I think that'll work out. But Mixon didn't do much. But I think Joe did enough where he gave them an opportunity to win the game. He was 8-10 to 10 on the last drive, over 70 yards, just marching down the field. That was and, all I cared about. And like, of course, the moment Rand- was not too big for him. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Randy Bullock misses the field goal, whether he's injured or not. May have been the best acting performance of his lifetime, yeah, acting like he was, was hurt to keep the sympathy oh. on him. Um, but it was it was bad, and you saw Joe's face all over Twitter as a meme now. And I felt bad for him because he played his ass yeah, off, and, and he did something that a lot of rookie quarterbacks can't do is make a two-minute drive at the end of the game, you know, and, and not saying the Chargers are the top team in the NFL, but they got some good defensive linemen, and, and he got away from them and, and made gave them an opportunity to win. I think that this past Sunday was the best Sunday that Bengals fans have had in years. Yeah, I believe that. For, the oh, only, sure. for one reason, and that's because you know you got something. Yeah. They got something. I, w- I would say just based on watching his game Sunday, if he could just like replicate around that, he's already better than Daniel Jones. Oh, for sure. He's already better than some I'm of in, the younger guys. I'm interested to see how Trevor Lawrence is compared to Joe Burrow next year in the league and watching those two. But, but yeah, the, the Bengals definitely definitely have something there. A lot of it's going to ride on Joe Mixon. And can Joe Mixon be as effective as you know he was in the second half of the last season to really open up that passing game? For AJ Green, uh, Boyd, and then T. Higgins, another rookie um, there that that's going to be that came out of Clemson. And I mean, Joe's got all his weapons, even C.J. Uzuma. Like I think C.J. Uzuma, who's been a number two or three tight end in, in years past, has the opportunity to step up and and be a tight end one if he can, you know, get some. Targets. Oh, we got some eye neck going on. That's all right. Take <laughs> some catches. Uh, <laughs> Chargers look good too, though. Even with uh, even with the with Tyrod Taylor, I mean, until they go to go to Justin Herbert as their quarterback, they got some nice pieces there on offense that they can work with. And uh, I think that division will be more competitive than people are expecting. Obviously, the Chiefs are going to win it, but I think that division with the Raiders. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll turn Nick down for a minute. So yeah, I I I think Joe played great. I think he was legit, and uh, he had poise. That was the number one thing the commentators kept saying is that the guy had poise. He's been in big games before. He made pro- probably has the most prolific season as a college quarterback ever. Heisman, undefeated season, national championship, all in one, setting records all over the place. So I think the moment wasn't too big for him. He showed that he's got poise. Again, he got wrecked pretty good. I mean, the offensive line still sucks there, and he's going to have to run a little bit. But I think overall, I think I'd give him at least a B-plus for that uh, Sunday performance. 
Yeah, yeah. So we're all in agreement. Better days ahead for Cincinnati. America's game of the week, Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Uh, Tommy Brady's uh, debut with the Bucks. I, I was on the Saints. I think Tom Brady's looked like this for two years now. Yeah. I, it didn't really surprise me. I think it. I don't think it was as bad as everybody was leading on. As it, he didn't play that horribly. It's I had seen him play that way in the Patriots uniform. Literally team. for the last two years. It's just the, the at the end of the day, the, pa- the Pats are usually standing in the winner's circle, so people kind of forget about it or it's framed differently. Uh, Saints are a good team, TJ, and I think they're going to win the division. Um, I I. I I think the Bucks can still make the playoffs, though. I, I still really like the Bucks. I do, too. And I, I think a lot of people, like you're saying, are going to bash Brady. But I also think it was kind of that first look in a, in a Bucks uniform. And it's a lot of hype. I mean, anytime you have arguably the best quarterback of all time change teams and, and you see what he can do in another, another squad, you're expecting him to light it up like he has in the past and like he has during the six Super Bowl runs with the Patriots. But the thing is, it's a feeling out process. He's still a human being. It's still a different system. You got Bruce Arians now. You got a new coach. You got a lot of weapons that you have to work with, but they don't really know what their identity is. I mean, you could I see. I a robot. What's that? Anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> I said he's a robot. Oh, I think he said, I'm a robot. Like, like I Nick. I was like, I heard I Nick earlier. No, you're right. He definitely is a robot. Um, so, it's it's. I'm curious because, again, a lot of haters out there at Tom Brady have said for a long time that he was so good because of the system. Well, I agree that it wasn't the best game on Sunday, but I think it does open your eyes saying he is beatable. He's not a freak of nature. Maybe it is part part of Bill Belichick's system, and maybe he won't be as good with Tampa. I don't buy into it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of week one storylines I may buy into. Uh, Tom Brady being done and, and over the hill, I won't put it there yet because he's been uh, pretty consistent for a while. So, I'm going to give him another couple weeks. Now, if the Bucks go 0-3 and, and he's still throwing two to three interceptions a game, maybe I'll be back on that train. But you knew there was going to be a lot of hype for this game, and you knew he was going to have hate from from people that hate the Patriots and hate the hate what Brady's done. So yeah, Bucks host the uh, Panthers this week, so that's uh, kind of a get right game. I think if if they struggle in that one, I think it becomes more of a trend. But Mike Evans nursing a hamstring, and it, I think it's just. It's a very different scheme from what they put, like almost polar opposite offensively to what they ran in New England. So there's going to be an adjustment period. This was the upset of the day, in my opinion. I know the Redskins won and the Jags won, but the Arizona Cardinals beat the defending NFC champs. Yeah. And the San Francisco 49ers, and you just hate to see it. You just hate to see the 49ers lose. I mean, hell yeah. Screw the 49ers. (laughs) Kyler Murray beats them um, in the fourth quarter after I believe they went down 10 points early. So uh, Raheem Mostert, big day. But uh, wow, very weird to see the 49ers come out as flat as they did. I thought that... uh, you know that that they were going to win that game. I thought that the Cardinals could hang in there, but this is a monumentous win for the Cardinals. Oh my monumentous. god! And the way that you saw Kyler and D Hop hook up against the San Francisco defense, career I mean, high catches, fourteen. Oh, look out if you when you come up against these shitty defenses, Kyler is going to light them up. And then he he had a twenty-five yard touchdown run, I believe, maybe hundred yards rushing on the ground. Kyler Murray, just I mean, an unbelievable day. So if they can keep stay healthy too and keep Kyler going the way he is, Cardinals. Are dangerous, man. Are they gonna I mean, make the playoffs? So you have them. It, make- it's tough to say, and that that division's so good. Yeah, Seahawks, Rams, Seattle, Rams, and Niners. But this could. I just think that this is the type of game. 
like the the 49ers are the are the big boys on the block mm-hmm. defending NFC champs Kyle Shanahan offense they were relatively healthy except for at the wide receiver position but that's not really a an area that they rely on too much anyways and the Cardinals went into their place and beat them I feel like that is one of those wins that just galvanizes a team like the Cardinals that probably even you you say you're going to win the division that's always the goal to make it to the postseason but I feel like now they got to be feeling pretty good about themselves this oh week. my god I mean it was just awesome to watch them come back the way they did you know because against a team like San Francisco you can imagine a team laying down knowing how good that offense is Mostert ran all over the place I mean he's a stud and then their defense is just probably I'd say the best in the NFL as far as depth and as far as their pass rush so to see Kyler down like you said down 10 points to now battle back to find Hopkins throughout the day and just be consistent I mean they just they ran their offense so well the defense stepped up really good against Garoppolo late so I like the Cardinals I would say though because of the depth in that division the Rams look pretty good and especially in the see, first I had half. them finishing last in the division really yeah okay. I did. That, but, but I had them finishing seven and nine that's how good the division is see that's you're right because I don't see them beating the Rams I don't see them Four going over the Rams teams. I don't see them uh, going over Seattle. I think Seattle's going to win the division. And then San Francisco, too. I mean, it, it's hard. It's just it's a it tough, is hard. tough season, tough time right now for the Cardinals. But they're on the up and up. I mean, they're, they're going to be a good team. So. Nick, are we worried about San Francisco at all? I mean, they didn't look good. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think so. I don't think it's too early to push the panic button on San Francisco. They still – I think Raheem Mostert had a good game. He's going to have a good game. And George Kittle got banged up there for a bit, left the game, came back in. And uh, so it doesn't seem to be like an injury concern there. I think it's just a slow start for San Francisco and a better start for Arizona. Having D-Hop there with Kyler now, that's a magnificent weapon for him to have. And I think that Arizona should be very excited about that. But I, I think it's – I don't think it's too early to push panic on, on San Francisco at all. So let's move on to Sunday night. Two games left. We already did uh, Pittsburgh Giants a little earlier in the show. I know that this one got a bit contentious, so maybe we spend a little bit more time on this, a little less time on Tennessee Denver. You know what? Let's just mix them in together because these were two huge uh, games in terms of the spread that screwed Big Web, screwed you, I know, TJ. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't have many ta- – like, it kind of unfolded pretty much how I thought it was going to – I think the Rams are better. I think the Cowboys are <sighs> – a little overhyped, and I think the Titans, you know, I think they're probably just a little bit better football team than Denver. But let's talk about the games and the spreads because, boy, oh, boy, it was a doozy on oh Sunday Monday night. Mike, Mike McCarthy is just an absolute fucking bonehead. That's, oh. that's all that needs to be said. And let me tell you, fucking Jalen Ramsey and that bullshit pass interference call was one of the worst. I know it was a makeup call, but I hate – I think it's the stupidest thing in the world when refs do makeup calls because that call on on uh, on Jared Goff or, or the missed call on Jared Goff earlier in the game. Yeah, your boy Alden Smith face. did. Yeah, Club, yeah. yeah. Club hey, been was, pretty I mean, good. I mean, talk, talk about storylines. Alden Smith coming back after not being in the league and still being one of above-average uh, player at defense end for the Cowboys. That, that That's cool to see. But, yeah, that was bullshit. I was excited to see Stephen Lamb. I think he, he made a made a good uh, good impre- first impression couple hiccups on, on except his end, for the fourth down play that McCarthy put yeah. his balls on the table he didn't get the fucking <laughs> yeah. first down marker you dumbass it's a, that's, that's I mean yeah. I don't care who so you are rookie throw it short on third dude and fourth. that's it's like that's like mind. grade school football you learn to get to the sticks as a receiver you're a pro football player man like what are you doing yeah, yeah. I hated I don't that know. I, I still think it was you know overall from the rookie wide receivers this 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 week there are a lot of 
a lot of a lot of boneheaded mishaps that that come with being a week one rookie. But yeah, that both in that Cowboys game and in that Denver game, this spread just absolutely got fucked. And luckily, I did not put any money on either of those games. Or my parlay was already dead on Sunday. I did have Cowboys in a parlay, but luckily it was already dead because yeah, Mike McCarthy's an absolute dickhead. Yeah, I mean it was it was tough to watch because the Rams in the first quarter marched down the field in that first drive, and I'm like, they're going to kill oh, Dallas. Man. They're going to kill Dallas. The way that the, the Cowboys were looking. Then, of course, Zeke did his thing, and they, they came back a little bit. Um, but they, they looked sloppy. I mean, they really didn't look great. I think they're going to bounce back and have a good week this week against Atlanta. I see that being an over game for sure. I don't know what the over is right now set, probably like 51 and a half. Um, but I, Dallas has a lot of work to do on defense. And, again, Jerry's in a situation, too, where he's going to get fed up if they don't start winning football games because now they got the coach they wanted. He's making decisions already out of bet, putting his balls on the table, saying we're going for it on fourth down when we have a chip shot, 27-yard, 25-yard field goal to tie the game up. But no, no, we're going to go to CeeDee Lamb a yard short of the sticks and make that work. Again, people want to talk about the bullshit call. Nick is exactly right. It was a makeup call. And it was bullshit, though. Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know, was flinging his arms up and did a great acting job. But they shouldn't have been in that situation. They had so many opportunities to either tie the game or go up, and they just didn't convert. So you can't be mad as a Cowboys fan saying he got screwed out of it because he didn't. You had a lot of chances, and you did get a chance right away when you had the interception against Goff, and it was absolutely hands to the face on Alden Smith. I mean, the, the guy's Goff's entire helmet spun around his head. <laughs> it was, it it was, was kind of like, funny to see the still photo of that. Yeah, it was like it was just like almost went all the way around his head, it seemed like. And they still didn't convert, so you can't really blame them. Uh, Zerline, I'm pretty sure, missed, he missed an extra point, and I thought he missed a field goal, too, or one or the other. Uh, but, I mean, not a good Sunday for kickers, that's for sure. So I don't I don't push the panic button on Dallas, but uh, they better get it together because they didn't play well overall. Yeah, it, well, and my only takeaway from the Monday night game uh, with the Titans and the Broncos is that I there's been a lot of hype coming into the season about the Broncos offense, and I, for one, didn't really buy – not that I didn't buy – I'm hesitant to buy into it, New quarterback. He's only had five starts. A lot of young guys. Jerry Judy never played a game. KJ Hamler never played a game. Cortland Sutton's played like two seasons. Locked did only have one loss coming into yesterday, yeah. though. Fant so. fan in his sophomore season. So, like, a lot of new stuff. A lot of young guys. A lot of inexperience. They were fun. They were not an ugly offense. They were a really pretty good offense. They were. So, that, after watching that last night, my takeaway against pretty good Titans defense, too. Broncos offense is going to be fun and good this year. I don't think that this is their year, but it's a great building block. And I'll tell you what, after last night, I, I don't know what the not final numbers were for him. I don't think they were that spectacular, but I feel so good about my opinion saying Jerry Judy was the best wide receiver in the upcoming draft this year. I was just going to say that. God, that guy is so shifty. Oh, he, he is he's so such shifty. Such a good route runner, man. I mean, he is just so fast. I, I very nearly tweeted that. I was like, is he already the best route runner in the NFL? Well, they already said that on the broadcast, he, too. He might be the best route runner in the NFL yeah. on the first day. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. to. to I heard that on the broadcast, but I he, watched him do it. He's that good. I, and Drew Locke's going to love him. I mean, he's going to be their number one. Man. And they, they moved the ball well against Tennessee without Cortland Sutton, too. I mean, they did a good job of having their number one still receiver no shortage out. of weapons right and they still made it work so uh you know i think drew lock could have played a little bit better he only had one touchdown but he went 22 at 33 for 216 not bad melvin gordon was a little quiet he had an okay game 78 yards and a touchdown so i think they're just kind of a feeling out process but again when you do it against a defense like tennessee i think it's pretty impressive yeah yeah well that puts a bow on week one uh that was great conversation 
Um, we went through the games. I don't know if we'll go through every game moving forward. I just thought it'd be fun to do for week one early sure. on. Uh, we can do, we can hit maybe some more of the highlights and then it'll kind of transition to more of the storylines, uh, what our takeaways were. Spend 10, 15 minutes talking about I enjoy Ca- that though because Cowboys, Rams, or something like that. This is so. more of a breakdown too. I, th- I like breaking down the games more on the midweek show. And, and even like on Sundays, I think me and dad talked about, and it's kind of nice. We have little business meetings for the audience to hear too while you're on the show. Um, but we talked about instead of doing um, a bunch of storylines on Sunday, everybody comes with one. So like instead of us all talking about five storylines, Dad has one and Zook has one and like Nick that. has one. So then we hit quick on it. And you guys can comment on the other person's mm-hmm. thing, but it's not like a 25-minute conversation. Instead, sure. it's like a boom, boom, boom. Let's get to the picks. Let's get to Big Web's punishments. All that good stuff. <laughs> the stuff that get people the actually want to see. The dog's yeah. picks, yeah. yeah. But I, 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 like, I like breaking them down on this uh, on the midweek show. It's fun. So that'll put a bow on it. Well, we got to do our Thursday picks. Yeah, we got to do Thursday picks. Thank you. I almost forgot. Nick, what do you think, man? We got uh, well, the Browns got... hosting Cincy. Browns are minus five and a half. Again, we're recording. Sorry, um, Nick. Hold on. I know you're on delay. Real quick, we, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. So we have made a pact that if we make it, Unless it's a total change. So, for instance, we had Dallas minus three when we picked Sunday morning. For some reason, a sh- uh, some sharp or somebody put like a million dollars on the Rams. Yeah, I don't know what that – that was so weird. It was weird where the line went up four points, where it went from Dallas minus three to Dallas plus one. We made a pact. If it goes up like a weird number like that, we can change the picks before the game starts. Uh, but usually if it's only a one or two point swing, we're going to keep them as is. So we're going to keep it – with five and a half, recording this on Tuesday could change by Thursday. Sorry, Nick, go ahead. Yeah, I think the uh, when we're looking at this game, Cleveland minus five and a half is just too many points. And and really, I'm surprised. I guess they're they're home, so they're going to be favored, and they're playing Cincinnati. And and one week with Joe Burrow is, is a hard. It's hard to tell what what we're going to see out of Cincinnati. But that last drive for Joe Burrow, it, it gave me enough confidence to take Cincinnati here with the points. Uh, over a Cleveland team that literally showed me nothing in week one. Uh, Big Webb was also going to go with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. He likes them plus the five and a half, just because the Browns, like as Nick said, just sucked in week one. Um, so he likes uh, he likes Cincinnati again. I hate this because I know it could either put Zook on an island, or it means if we all pick the same team, the other team's probably going to cover because it happened last week with the mm-hmm. Texans. So uh, I will also take Cincinnati. I think Joe Burrow showed a lot. Cleveland still got a lot of question marks, uh, so yeah, I'm taking Cincinnati. I you're gonna put me on an island, and I honestly can't believe. I thought the majority would be on the Browns still. Really? Um, so I'm kind of shocked by this. Although I guess not all that shocked with how bad the Browns looked, but I mean, I, I guess I'm just still a believer. Like I, it's one game they got crushed by the Ravens on the road, whatever. You know, I'm willing to kind of look past that one a little bit. But if I tell you what, if since he wins this game outright. Yeah, it's it's over. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. I think this is a must-win game for Cleveland. I think they'll come out highly motivated Definitely. with some stuff on the game script to hopefully get Odell involved in the game plan. They targeted him a bunch, but they just couldn't get him going on Sunday. So I think he'll be involved in the game early in that one. Um, I just think the Browns are just have way more talent on the rod. Like I, I do like Joe Burrow. I think he played very well, uh, represented himself very well in his debut game. But the Bengals, as a, as a team and as a roster, it's just it's not all that 
pretty right now. And like, I will the say, Browns are loaded. Oh, yeah, and I think it's going to be a field goal game. I think the Browns are going to win, but I think, think it's going to be like a, to me, like a 10, 10 point lead for the Browns in like the last three minutes, and then the Bengals score a you know yeah. garbage time touchdown and, and cover by two and a half. So I think it's going to be a close game. Could it go either way? Would I lock this with Cincinnati? Absolutely fucking not. But I think five and a half is a, is a decent number for the Bengals the way they played last week. So, yeah, sure. I don't hate the logic at all. I'll take I'll take the Browns. I hate when I take a team just because I like the number, and then I'm like that team just ends up getting their ass beat, and I'm like, why Why did I pick them? And you can't go against Sook. I mean, he is the king of this week. You know, you went six yeah, and one not, last not, week. Not a big Girl. deal. Not a big deal. <laughs> I I was if we're counting points, I was like a half point off total, even on my loss. I picked the Chargers, who won by three. Right. So I mean. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but we're kind of feeling it. Kind of starting feeling off twenty twenty. Right now. So. now we don't count. We do not count Thursday games in the main picks, but we do keep the record. If we did, I did. I would have lost that one. That's right, because we, we all me, picked Houston, Nick, and then Dad did say Houston on the show, but we gave it to him because he changed his pick on CBS. So he actually did get it with the Chiefs. But even our dogs, even Coop and Lulu, took Houston, yeah. and all we had, yeah, five Houston losses and mm-hmm. one KC win. So yeah. So you're looking good if it goes that way again because you're on an island. Yeah, but we don't know how Coop and Lulu picked yet. That's that'll be coming out for Cooper on oh, Thursday. Oh yeah, yeah. We we gotta. They're still in the film room, yeah, kind of right, doing their study, right, sure. and they get together on a conference call, and they, you know, hey, what'd you see? You know, uh, I really liked the wide receiver group for for the Browns. Thought yeah. they were really getting out of their breaks this past Sunday. Yeah, made a good note of that. So yeah, you Cooper know, was a real dick today. I was like, you want to hop on the show real quick? He goes, bro, I'm studying. Like, get the fuck out of here. I was like, okay, <laughs> shit. And I left him in his kennel, and he he was been studying. So that's why he's not. On the show today and, and maybe yeah. he won't be on the entire year because you know he's he's a busy guy he likes to be the quiet picker and he'll he'll do his talking on he's the videos ta- he's just taking care of business yeah right. ta- talking on the field taking care of business yeah. uh he's not about the flash no. and the sizzle he's just about fucking results he doesn't want to be a celebrity he just wants to pick winners yeah That's all he does so is there anything i'm forgetting let's wrap this bad boy no, up we th- think we covered it except uh we are presented by book at sports nick where can everybody get involved by uh signing up for the app and it comes out november 1st November 1st, that is correct. You can sign up at bookitsports.app. That'll give you on the email list. And uh, we're in beta testing right now, but November 1st is app launch, so be sure to download it in the Google Play or the App Store on November 1. Also make sure to uh, And Nick can't this- lie about his damn picks anymore because they'll all be <laughs> That's tracked. That's true. I, I, can't. I can't. I can't lie my, lie about my picks because all records are posted <laughs> there. And, uh, there you go. If you wanna, if you wanna, If you want to chirp me there for it, please do. Also, proud sponsors of the Sunday show, K. Roberts, Remax Gold. Give her a call. Best in the business, 314-409-4113 or online, stlhomesforyou.com. That's stlhomes, the number 4, Y-O-U.com. And also, Sarah Barron at Family Finance Mortgage. They help me get my home, close on my home. They can help you get into your brand new home as well. 314-537-1282 for Sarah Barron or go online, familyfinancemortgage.com. We are presented by Book It Sports, bookitsports.app to sign up for uh, the Open on November 1st. For Nick, out in uh, Reno on his way to Palm Springs, for TJ to my right, I'm Zach Zook. We'll see you on Sunday for another weekend of games.